iTunes presents Meet the Filmmaker at the Apple Store. Good evening, Apple Store Soho. Thank you very much for coming out tonight, guys. we got a really, really good event coming up in just a few minutes, so we're going to kick it off really, really fast. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage the Awkward Comedians. Hello, Soho. Uh, these are the Awkward Comedians. I'm Jay. I'm one of the producers of the film. Yay, Jay Stern. Yay. Hey, what's up? What happened to Eric? He's in the bathroom. I... There uh, he is. Hey, Eric. What's, what's up, going? man? Welcome. Hey. How you been? Good. Nice to see you. So, um... Yeah! Does this one work? No, it don't no, work. Right. It's all right. So, uh, we'll talk to you guys in a second. I, I have a couple questions. Oh. Yeah. Turn it up! Uh, <laughs> so, I'll uh, introduce you one by one. This is Eric Andre. Hi. This is Marina Franklin. Hello. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Does this work? Okay. <laughs> Hannibal Buress. Hey. And Victor Barnado, who's also the director of the film, as well as one hey. of the comedians. Uh, so my first couple questions for you, Victor, because uh, this, is, this is, I think, one of the first projects I worked on that had a very clear tra trajectory in your mind from the beginning. Slow down. That, like, <laughs> happened. So, like, can you talk about how you came up with the idea for this piece and then what from taking from that idea through the completion of the film, how that all came about? Uh, it's really simple how I came up with the idea for this. Okay, I was up late one night, and I was watching Showtime, and there was this horrible special on Showtime. Uh, it was a comedy special, and it had like an ethnic bent. It was like, you know, Latin ladies or something or other. And it was horrible. And I was like, how come they're on Showtime? <laughs> and I'm sitting here in my house watching them. And so... Then I was like, I have some funny friends, uh, which, and I, I decided to come up with like a label for the type of stuff that we do, and I decided that everybody did like alternative uh, black comedy, and uh, that's how I came up with the idea. I was like, I want to be on TV. How can I get on TV? <laughs> and, and so, so you you took that that very general idea, and then you, but you actually made it to television pretty, pretty quickly. I did. I mean, here's the thing. When I, when I made this, originally I was like, okay, there's all these HD channels developing because there's so many different, uh, there's just different HD stations. Like if you look at Time Warner, Verizon, Optum, like they all are like, we've got all these HD channels and all of these HD channels need original content. So I was like, I figure I could, if I made a special, I could give it, uh, made a movie, I could give it to somebody because it was an a shot in HD. My pie in the sky was to get it on Comedy Central. Um, I sent it to Comedy Central first, and a month later, they're like, yes, we want to buy it. And then so like all my other plans, I didn't have to do anything else because it worked out that Comedy Central was like, yes, we love it. And uh, that's how it got started. I mean, it was really just like a lot of uh, do-it-yourself sort of thing. And there, there is an opening sequence, in, an animated sequence in the movie where we talk about the discovery of um, black comedy. Uh, and it's these African paintings are like animated uh, and the animator or the artist who was going to work on it, uh, she freaked out and quit. Okay, I was dating her. And then she, she uh, something happened, obviously. She freaked out and quit. Uh, so then I had to stay up a weekend and do all of the, the art myself and all the animation on my own. Uh, and that made it into the movie. Never date uh, your staff. That is a good lesson, I think. Yeah. Um, well, that's why I think we get along so well and work well together. We haven't dated each other. 
Yes. We purely have sexual. Dated. Not, purely not sexual between them. So, uh, so one more question for you, Victor. Is, is uh, yeah. you, you mentioned do you, do do it yourself project, um, but it, it's very high quality. It looks as good as or even better than a lot of these comedy concert specials on television. You want to talk a little bit about how you achieve the look or certain maybe um, helpful hints for potential filmmakers out there about what you can do to, with limited resources, create a really professional-looking film. I have, a, I have a very simple rule about do-it-yourself projects like that you want to look professional, like no matter what your budget is. You, the thing is you can't have someone look at it and say to themselves, oh, this was shot cheaply. That's, you, have to, you have to figure out as any way that you can to, to make the best of what you got. And one of the things that I had to do for this is I had to figure out, I looked at all these other comedy specials and I was like, what makes them seem like they were uh, produced for more money? And the thing that I figured out was a moving camera was a big thing. And so one of the cameras I made for sure was always moving on a dolly that we could always cut to because it adds to the production value. And to be honest, it doesn't really cost that much money to do. You just have to have the sense to see it and then make it happen. And uh, that was like one of the biggest things. And the lighting is another thing. I wanted it lit more like a film rather than lit like a special where they just do a flat white lighting. I wanted it to be more like the old like um, uh, Richard Pryor's, Richard Pryor uh, films that he had because those were lit more like movies rather than uh, shot like a film. I mean, shot like a, a, a regular video special. Right. I mean, they were the theatrical events that were filmed, too. So they had that real sense of like being in a real kind of cool environment, unlike the sort of studio washed out for television thing. You know? Exactly. You said exactly what I said, but better. Exactly. That was great. Um, Thank you. Well, speaking, speaking of that, because I want to talk to the comedians briefly, because, uh, I mean, you're all highly experienced stage performers. And, um, hello. Um, That's right. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about, like, maybe go one by one and sort of tell us how you started off doing comedy and kind of what your career path has been to get you to this point now that you're, you know, on a special on television and doing actual big-time work. It's sort of a, a brief career path story about, yeah, how you got started and how you got can there. I, can I? Yeah, you can start. Can I start? Okay. Yeah. Um, Eric Andre, everybody. I went to a music school in Boston, Berkeley College of Waste Your Money, and... Uh, because when I was 18, I was like, I want to play bass lines for the rest of my life. And uh, so I was in Boston, and there's, and there's, uh, did somebody bark? Or am I hallucinating? Okay, great. Um, there's a lot of comedy in Boston, so I'd always see, like, uh, open my comedy night, open my comedy night. And I was like, yeah, I'll give that a shot. And then I, I did it, and I really liked it. And I didn't have to lug. I played upright bass, so I was like, I don't have to lug my bass everywhere. And I'm super lazy about that. So it was a career path that started out with just me being lazy and not wanting to haul equipment to gigs. Because I could just show up and there was a microphone rather than hauling my upright bass and my amp and all that stuff. Not much of a story. I'm going to be honest with you. Not <laughs> well, but, really but much. Ob obviously, it took, and you got you enjoyed it, right? And you got good at it. And like, how do you go from just showing up because you're too lazy to carry your bass to like being on television? I think I was finishing school, and I was like, I should figure out what I want to do with my life. And I was like, I'm just going to tell jokes because that's like awesome, you know? Telling jokes. 
Yeah, telling should, jokes is awesome, man. Should I spice this up or something? Well, I don't no, know. I mean, just, you know, talk about like you you just you just shot a TV show with Jamie Fox. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, but and I you, don't want to brag. I don't want to brag. You like, curb your enthusiasm. You know, you're in this this. Movie. You know what? Let's print out. Can we print out my resume real quick? Can we put it on the projector screen? Is that what they call? Uh, <laughs> no, I don't know. Yeah, I did. A, I just did a uh, sketch comedy pilot for Fox um, that Jamie Fox is executive producing and. Uh, it's very nerve-wracking, but very fun. Uh, so we're waiting to see if that gets picked up, and then uh, maybe I'll have a job, and I won't, uh, I won't collect my unemployment checks anymore, but weigh it out on TV, collect unemployment. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully that'll be good. Get on that IMDB. <laughs> so, Marina. Tear that IMDB up. <laughs> Uh, uh, you know, I'm on Facebook, <laughs> I'm on Twitter, YouTube, I do a lot of the YouTubes. You guys know the YouTubes? Psh, I'm all over that, son. So, so Marina, I, I have a question maybe, maybe you can actually answer. Um, <laughs> yeah, could you sort of tell us about, about your, your career path? Because you, you have, obviously, acting background as well as Eric as just comedy. wore me out. Um, and, and how you got started, and then also like where, that, that, where that's brought you. I got started, I, I started off doing theater. Actually, I was in Syracuse uh, getting my master's in theater. Oh, thanks. You went there? Uh, cool. And um, I actually moved to New York to finish my thesis, and I didn't. Um, uh. Shut up. It's my time. <laughs> and um, I also had a broken heart. So, <sighs> and then I had a job. <laughs> I just start crying. <laughs> no, okay. So basically, I got laid off from my job, and I was doing the open mics, and I thought, you know, if I pick up a manager within a year of doing comedy, then I'll stick with it, because I was really nervous about, you know, obviously making money or whatever. I actually worried about that, believe it or not. And then um, I did. I picked up a manager in the first year of doing comedy, I'm not still with him, but, you know. Because he was the worst manager ever. I had the same. I'm just saying. And, he was uh, horrible. And his name is? Stop. Eric Andre's mom. <laughs> um, it's my mom. So, basically, I, you know, I continued doing open mics. And in, like, ten years <laughs> from that point, um, I started to grow and get my first, actually, big gig, I guess, would be Last Comic Standing. I guess that was my actual break. I only had three jokes, so I was happy. Um, and I went pretty far, and then after that, I broke into the, the mainstream rooms and started doing, like, you know, Comedy Cellar, Comic Strip, all the clubs in New York City, and I continued. I have allergies right now. I apologize. Um, okay, take your time. Take your time. Take your time. And that's about it. That's my story. And I'm... Sticking stick to it. I was on the morning show at 8 o'clock this so I'm like, oh, really? I'm beat. But that's it. Did they ask you any good questions at the morning show? No. The only question I got was about sports. I'm the only woman on the show, and I got the sports question. Did you answer it right? No, I blanked. It was 8 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. It was about the, the kid that got tased on the field. And I wanted to say that any 17-year-old any that gets tased is hot. But... They won't allow that on the morning is show. Is that the, the don't tase me, bro, kid? Don't tase me, bro. Is that what you're talking about? No, that was, the, that was a political thing with That's the don't else. tase me, bro, kid. No, this thing? week on Philly, like oh. a game. Like what a happened? kid got tased for the first time ever. In a football game? Baseball. Baseball. During the game? 
Anyway, Hannibal. Yeah. Um, so you have a really interesting origin story, as we say. Yeah. About how you started off doing doing stand up. <clears throat> well, I started off in college uh, eight years ago. Went to SIU, Southern Illinois University, and Ooh. I went to an open mic, and uh, some people were bad, and I was like, I should try this next time. And I tried it and just had fun, fell in love with it, and just kept pursuing it, performing. Like, I started, I had my own talk show on, on the uh, dorm TV station called The Hangover, and I would interview people. What? In it. Was yeah. it like the movie? No, it was before the movie, man. So is the movie based on that show? No. Are you, ups- you sound upset. No, I'm not. I was just faking it. <laughs> it sounds good on the radio, the fake tension. And we're both from Chicago. Shout yeah, out. Chicago. And so, but, but you're, 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 you moved here how long ago? I moved here <clears throat> almost two years ago, okay. October of 08. Like right after, uh, right after we taped Aqua Comedy. Show. What brought you here? Are you just getting more work? It was just I wanted to try to uh, get into writing and uh, just it's more opportunities to perform here. So I just moved here and uh, just performed a lot. Just yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Right, so so Victor, what's your uh, <laughs> what's your story? Like as far as when you started doing stand up, because you've been doing this for a long time. Uh, well, I started doing stand up actually. I think I got tired of performing in sketch groups. Uh, because I, I find that working with sketch groups is unreliable. Uh, like, if one person in the group isn't funny, then the whole group's not funny. Um, and so I started wanting to do stuff on my own. I actually started uh, comedy on a bet with my English teacher because he was like, "If you don't uh, stop making jokes in class, if you if you if you go on stage and try to do stand up comedy, then I'll give you an A." And that's how I actually uh, started uh, doing comedy. And then I came to New York uh, and met Marina uh, at the t- and we hung out a lot in New York. You were very mean to me when I first met you. I was mean to Marina when I first met her. Why? It was an open what did I do? mic. I was very nervous. I think it was my first open mic with just like you know trying it. And Victor had on this shirt that was like black and white circles. What is that like a? And uh, he was like, "Hey, how are you?" <laughs> and I was like, what? "Oh my god, is this what I have to look forward to in the comedy?" It doesn't scene? sound like I was mean to. It just sounds like you were scared. No, of me. but you were challenging me. You're like, "So you're gonna do comedy? You're gonna do comedy? Are you funny? Are you funny? Are you funny?" And I was, I didn't know at the time. I was very. I was excited. I was excited no, you to be in like, New York. When I first you look came like to you New wanted York, to do me. When I first Whoa. came to New York, what? What? You always Whoa. think everybody wants to do you. Because they do. You have, an inflated, <laughs> you have an inflated sense of vagina. I think. <laughs> thing is, when I first came to New York, I thought it was going to be like super easy because when I first came to New York, like after six months, I had gotten work in an off-Broadway show, and then I also got cast in uh, like a big movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger like after the first six months of being in um, six or seven months or whatever of being in New York and it was uh, it was pretty crazy but then it wasn't that easy after that <laughs> it was hard much harder so, oh, yeah, I, uh, go ahead so when was the first time that you and Marina made love we never we haven't anything. made love the, as yet what about French kissing Nothing. what about French kissing is this your fantasy what, what about a long hug long hug <laughs> 
Are you are you asking because you want to learn how to do these things? Yes. <laughs> That's a lot to do with it. It has a lot to do with it. <laughs> All right. So um, I have to keep it moving, guys. Yes, uh, of course. I have one more question for you guys, and then we'll, we'll, we'll throw it to a clip. But I, I know you're, you've all done a lot of writing as well. I mean, Hannibal, you write for SNL. Yeah. Uh, you know, Hannibal you writes for SNL. Yeah. Uh, you guys do a lot of <laughs> other... That's out- great. Yeah, let's hear it for Black that. That's, like, yeah, that's, that's, that's like every comedian's on, dream no. is to write for that show. SNL, what's that stand for? Please tell, tell them how you got your job with SNL. This is a great story. <laughs> uh, I, I performed a set on Late Night with Jimmy Fallon in August, and then they, they asked me to meet. And offered me a job. And I actually didn't think they were going to offer me a job. I was about to work on this horrible show for MTV. <laughs> and I was about to take that job. And my agent was like, no, me with SNL. And then, yeah, they offered me the job. Yeah. I'm actually working on that awful show for MTV now. <laughs> <laughs> so working on the awful show. Honestly, I just pick up whatever turds that Hannibal doesn't want to deal with. Just ride his coattails. So, thanks. All right, great. Yeah. Yeah. So, Hannibal, when you yeah. got the job for SNL, weren't you in your first sketch writing class at some theater? You like, you never, because you never written sketches, right? No, I just finished up a class at the Pit uh, the month before, like literally a month before I was uh, taking a class, and then the next month I was writing at SNL. It's weird. I think that's it, weird, You know what? It's that easy. You just take a class. <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem, Eric. You didn't take the class. You just I didn't take, take the class. class. <laughs> so, well, you take I mean, the class four weeks later, Lauren Michaels knocking at knocking your front at your door. door. But the question is, like, well, do you guys see yourselves as writers primarily who perform your material because you like to get your material out there? Or do you see yourself primarily as performers? Or is, is it not really a, a, a split? I mean, like, how much of what you do is, like, important? Like, how... Career-wise, and where you're going, because you also do acting and you also do writing, and Victor, you also do directing. Like, what's what's where does the stand-up sort of fit in the circle of what you do? Is it how you define yourself, or is it just sort of how you find a platform for your work? Stand-up. Uh, yeah, I like to. Well, I mean, for me, I'm not as much as a, a like writer on shows as I am a performer. You know, like I I found like like Jay actually after doing this recognize my acting which I actually held back from doing a lot in my stand-up routine because a lot of comedians kind of they tease you about being this actress who's doing comedy so I used to hold back on my acting but then a lot of people would say you know we could tell that you're an actress on stage while you're doing comedy why don't you explore it some more I kind of gave up on my acting you know um, so not until recently did I start bringing that back in and like Jay actually cast me in his film that he recently shot in five days. So yeah, I would well, say I'm more me. of a performer, but I also write. I can give you my resume. Okay, we'll, we'll talk let after the show. Let me get a cameo. There's a class you should take first, though. <laughs> so, so Hannibal, I mean, do you see, because you, you, do, you do actually write full-time for a living, and you yeah. do stand-up, too. So, like, is that weird not writing for other people, or? It's, it's different. Comedy is my wife, and performing comedy is my wife, and writing comedy is my mistress. <laughs> Tiger Woods, everybody. So Give it up for <laughs> Yeah, because I'm always going to perform comedy. comedy, but you can always, like, the other stuff is, like, side chicks. So it's important for you to keep doing <laughs> that, to keep actually like doing acting, that. Like, acting, if I did voiceover, commercial, that's all, like, side stuff, but performing comedy is where, you know, it's at. For the ladies, uh, I think Hannibal is telling everybody he's just a big cheater. <laughs> <laughs> so no. you know, no. Not, a, was, was, not a faithful guy. Not a faithful guy. <laughs> <laughs> Your analogy. Are you going to ask about that cheating. awkward question? 
about yeah. why we chose to be like black and awkward. No, we, we haven't dealt with that yet about the whole awkward black. Are you, thing I mean, because that's kind of what. Are you going to ask that? Or? Yeah, yeah. Because I'm sure they're wondering, like... Let him do his job. This is oh, kind of okay. awkward. No, no, maybe that's where we should go now. I want to hear <laughs> from Victor. Sorry. I want to say that like, I, I consider wanted. myself more of like just an artist in general. I just, I just try to express myself in any way I can. I love uh, directing and writing, and I love stand-up, but like I also am a cartoonist. I, I like to just... I like, I, like anim- I like doing animation. I, I just like doing all kinds... Any way to express myself. In fact, I started out thinking I was just going to be a studio artist. Like, I thought I was just going to be a painter, and that was it. And uh, I didn't end up doing that specifically, but I just like to express myself in any way possible. And so, I don't know, I just do whatever. But I, but my favorite thing to do is to write and direct more than anything. So, yeah, so Marina brought up the awkward question, so we should address that briefly, and then we'll, we'll throw it to the clip. But, um, you know, this, this, any of you out there have seen this film yet? Uh, it was on Comedy Central. You saw it, you saw it. It's uh, out on iTunes, so make sure to download it on iTunes. iTunes! Uh, it just came out on DVD. Here's, here's what it looks like. In case you haven't seen it yet. They From photoshopped, they photoshopped like a Nipsey Russell afro on my head. They cropped yeah, out Yeah, I don't know what happened with that. I, think, uh, I was going to ask you about that later. <laughs> but um, it is kind of an empowering movie. I mean, I think it, without, without going there in great detail, it is kind of... It, says a lot about what it means to be a black comic and about like what you guys do that sort of fits into that and works against it. Um, so I guess how would you define yourselves as? Because you know, quite often you, you're you're considered to be a black comedian or you're considered to be you know you, you're put up for certain slots or you're up for certain gigs. Yeah, go ahead. I don't see color, so I had no idea that any of us were black until you said that. Yeah, so that exactly that's that's, that's uh, <laughs> says something about who you are as a. You're as so a edgy, man. You're so edgy, Eric. <laughs> He put his hood on. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm bluish. I'm black and Jewish. I'm a Hewish. I'm, my dad's really you're doing jokes from your act. <laughs> so I bought an iPhone recently. Let me tell you guys something about him, right? Oh, whoa, whoa, <laughs> folks. Hey, but, men but, and women are different. Am I right, guys? I mean, but this whole what was aw- the question what was it? It's just basically about the whole awkward thing about about not not sort of fitting into the stereotypes of what's expected as you as a certain type of performer up there, right? I mean, that's sort of the thing. It's your alternative comics. The alternative stages don't tend to be these larger venues. You rarely see alternative comedy on television, like really, like the kind of stuff you guys do. So like, like as far as like where you're going, the challenges you face is kind of thing, like how do you, have, have you, has that been, it must have been very hard for you as comedians, right? Well, I'll say this. When I first started, I actually st- I started in New York. I'm from Chicago, but obviously I moved from doing the theater and then moved to New York and started. And I did a lot of rooms in Brooklyn, and I did mostly um, black rooms because those were the only rooms that would put me on without you know um, having to bring people. They call them bringer shows, where you you're a comic and then you have to bring like ten people in order to get stage time. So the only places where I could actually go and get an honest opinion about my act was. <laughs> from a black room. Um, And when I first started, I used to do sort of what I thought would appeal, uh, which was more of a sassier routine uh, that I would do in front of both a black and a white audience, and it worked. But I had an older comedian pull me aside and say, that's not who you are. You don't talk like that. That's not how you act. That's not how you are funny. That's not what your essence is, so why are you doing it? And he stopped me early on, and I started doing a lot of a lot of like alternative rooms and black rooms, and then eventually mainstream rooms 
to sort of get the whole essence of, uh, of everything, to not be so um, typed, you know, into what I thought was. Because, you know, my father was very disappointed in a lot of what he was seeing in, in the black comedy scene. He was tired of seeing this, you know, sort of uh, stereotypical black uh, comedy, I guess you could say. I don't know. Uh, I, when I started out, uh, <laughs> what I thought you were, thought you were done. I'm trying not to put my. You're trailing off. I well because I'm trying to. I'm trying to say like, there's there's a a need for I think when you have Barack Obama in office, you have Michelle Obama in office, you have a different type of of black that's out there that is everywhere that we know. I know Eric. You know we don't all talk like. Mm-hmm. We ain't all like that. You know we could go back and forth. Ironically, that's how I normally talk. So, in essence, Victor, <laughs> what, he, what he captured was comedians who weren't afraid to go there in their routine, basically. My whole thing is, like, when I, was to, when I, was, when I started, I've, I had an identity crisis growing up just because of the fact that I'm a black born with albinism. And so, like, racially, I didn't know where I was when I started. I didn't know what was going on. And so I, I had, it took me a while to just figure out like what my voice is exactly. And I think that just what developed was just like so, but because of my life experience was just so far outside of most people's life experience, I think that's just how my comedy developed. Right. Yeah. I just like the fact that we created something that shows that black people are just as diverse and unique as any other culture on earth and tv half the time just just only shows stereotypes and only put black actors and black comics in a box where black americans and black people all over the world are just as diverse as any other culture on earth so i think that was was that, is that deep? Is it getting a little deep poetry? Wow, yeah. Yeah. Assalamu alaikum. Wow, I thought you would just have at least one serious statement of the end. Wow. Hold on, you hold almost on, hold got on. through. All right, fart noise. Fart Don't forget the fart noise. noise. So, it, Hannibal, I'm just happy that you want to add to this. Or go ahead, Hannibal. Go ahead, Hannibal. No, I got nothing to add. <laughs> well, that's what's interesting about Hannibal is his energy is very. If you notice, like if you when you watch this, and hopefully you'll go buy it. Um, it's it's very low energy. He's not shouting. He's very laid back, and that's I think very unique to see for a comedian. I also think I think right no a lot of things that no that's great that's great. A lot of the thing that TV doesn't portray as far as black performers. I feel like black people are the most creative and passionate culture in America, if not on Earth, and no culture has done more with less. And we have a black guy in the White House, so I think there's a whole new movement in black comedy and comedy in general. And we were just trying to portray that and the beginning of that without being like pretentious snobs, like, oh, yes, we're the best. We don't like Def Jam. That's crap. But we all love Def Jam. We all grew up on Def Jam. So we, we put the awkward title in there. We have to say that. <laughs> Russell Simmons is right behind me. Um, we put the awkward. Th- in the title, the word awkward in the title, just so we didn't come off like pretentious, like we're on some high horse, because we don't, the last thing we wanted to do is pit black comics against each other, because we all work together. I work with all the Def Jam comic view guys, all of us have, and it's all love across the board, so. Yeah, that's the number one thing that I, yeah. I was trying to push when we uh, made this, is just like, it is, I, I, 
I don't think that I don't want to ever say that anything else is doing things the wrong way. I was just trying to bring attention to what we were doing. I mean, because I mean, I know in every genre of comedy, I know good and bad comics, including yeah. alternative comedy, yeah. and, and, and uh, including specifically alternative black comedians. I could name a few names of alternative black comedians who stink, but I won't. But yeah, <laughs> let's start the list. Number one. <laughs> the, the point is that you've, you guys found a home for yourselves in doing the show, and, and potentially you're going to be doing a tour, and there's going to be chances mm-hmm. you guys can actually be taking this stuff on the road, and that's really... Uh-huh. It's just, you found that place where you can be and do the work, and that's really what's amazing about the movie is that it does that without preaching it, like you said. So we're gonna I, show. I, for one, am also really happy uh, that Jay worked with us uh, because for a long time I thought he was racist, and <laughs> I totally am. I'm the Jew exploiting the black man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's cool. the way it works. Exactly. Sorry, go ahead. He turned around. <laughs> he turned it around. <laughs> so we're gonna open it up for questions now. Any of you guys have questions for any of the comedians? Yes. Um, I apologize for the ignorance of this question because I don't know much about comedy, but I was just curious what alternative comedy is. That's a good question. That's a great question. Some people don't. Can you guys sort of clarify what that means? I think uh, it gets tossed around a lot. I think it just means like um, it's what you don't expect in the regular clubs, like more the mainstream stuff. Usually alternative comedy is a little bit more uh, experimental. I don't know. I don't even. Alternative, I don't even know anymore. Uh, alternative comedy like started well, where I s- kind of started in the Lower East Side, like places like uh, Surf Reality, Collective Unconscious, were smaller rooms, comics who weren't getting up in clubs in front of paying audiences, and they were experimenting. They would break out into song, maybe a poem. It wasn't just straight. Stand joke for joke for joke. Like Andy Kaufman. But would it also be became kind comedy. of a joke amongst mainstream comics. They they kind of hate the term alternative because they're like, what's an alternative to comedy? So it's a great question. I think alternative comedy. It's hard to say because like there's a huge huge crossover in alternative comedy and mainstream comedy. Like if you look at Dimitri Martin, people used to consider him just an alternative comic, but now he's considered a mainstream comedian. I th- I think that. Like if you are going to, if you are going to uh, put Vaseline on a chicken and chase it around the stage, you're doing alternative comedy. That's like the far end of alternative comedy. But then there's so much in the middle, which everything, everything, which is both alternative and mainstream. And then on the other end, it's just like if you're going to stand on stage in a sports jacket and just be like. Hey, uh, you know, uh, airplane food's horrible, am I right? Then that's mainstream comedy, unless, of course, you're doing it as a character, in which case it's alternative. So it really, there's really no way to determine exactly what alternative is. My thing is funny is funny, so it doesn't really matter as long as it's as long as you're funny. Who cares like what the title is in front of the comedy? I mean, it's great to say like we're the uh, awkward comedy show because I want to give a label so people can hang their hat on it, so there's a hook for the show. But in general, funny's funny. And you guys have all played both mainstream and alternative spaces. I mean, there's no like, yeah, it's not absolutely. So, uh, any other questions from the audience? It's right, right over there. Hi, hello. Did you bring any copies of your DVDs uh, to sell? I don't believe we can actually sell DVDs no. in in here because this is the, an Apple store, and they don't actually sell DVDs. They sell iTunes. But if you want to uh, get 
an iTunes copy here, that'd be awesome. Or if you want to go to Amazon and get a DVD, please do. But I, I don't think we can actually sell them in the store. But, but I, is, will, I will high-five you. Wait, but do, don't we have a thing for like a discount or something here? Like a flyer? Is, it, is that here? Do we have some stuff? Yeah. Why don't... Yeah, they're available to you. There's like flyers that give you discounts for DVDs or iTunes or something like that. That, uh, but yeah, it is, it is downloadable from iTunes. Yeah, but everyone can future. have those flyers, not just if you ask for a DVD. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, any any more questions? Yes, uh, right there up front, and then we'll get to you in the back. So I attended one, I guess half of the taping, and then I watched the the, the show on TV. Out. And no, no, I actually I made it through the end. <laughs> it, was, it was difficult, but I, anyway. So, so far as I can tell, the editor, you know, looked to see, oh yeah, there's that Edwards guy in the audience. Let's cut that part and use the other half. Was that what he was doing, or, or how did you choose which of the bits to actually put into the movie versus which ended up on the cutting room floor that I that I heard? Uh, you guys don't know how we chose what goes in the movie. I'll tell you exactly how I did it, and it'll make you hate me. Uh, what I did was I went through the ent- I went through everything that was taped and I rated what I <laughs> how the audience response was and what I thought of the joke <laughs> and then I <laughs> and then I just decided what was in the movie and what wasn't by my own personal feeling about how it went or what I thought of the joke. And like I, That's how I, think I decided. I, you also took out all the, like I hit, I was single at the time. Uh-huh. So I was like hitting on just about everybody, like backstage, the You know techies. what? That's actually in the DVD extras, you hitting on people backstage, isn't it? Uh, it's in the, it's in the DVD there? extras. In the audience, right? Yes. You were, did you see my joke about how I like white guys? I think that when you're sitting in the audience, I think that when you're sitting in the you audience, you left on that part. I think that when you're sitting it's in the audience, late, you find that I you're not one. on screen. You pretty much have to accept your place in life. I mean, if you want to be on screen more, just get on stage. You know, so uh, if you're in the you audience, were you have to. Having something here and you interrupted. I'm it. sorry. This is actually <laughs> this is this is my friend from high school. Is it really? Yeah, dude. He, Victor always blocks me. I'm sorry. Okay, uh, so uh, other, other questions? I did see a hand back there earlier. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to pressure you guys. So pressured. Um, so as comedians, do you guys have, like, like is, is a stage a stage, no matter where you are, or do you have, like, a favorite place that you, that you uh, enjoy performing at or a certain, uh, like, like, like a certain city or a certain particular stage, something like that? I do a lot of private, like, eyes wide shut kind of parties where it's a dead prostitute in the room, everybody has masks on. It's kind of my preference. <laughs> no, I don't care. It really depends on the audience. I don't care about the place if the audience is, if it's packed and if they're, like, rowdy and they're really into it. The physical room doesn't matter to me. I like an intimate space. I don't like big, super big shows. I like... Um, prefer an intimate space, but not any specific space. That's just me. I, I, like, a, I like really small, tight rooms, too. Like, it, like, give me a tiny room with a packed audience that's really rowdy, and that'll be the best show ever. I think one of the most fun times I had at a show, I was actually performing at an armed forces, uh, armed forces base in, a, uh, in one of their bars, and the audience was so crazy. They were hanging on every word, and at one point, this guy... Like, I told a joke, and this guy was so happy that he got out of his chair. He ran on stage and high-fived me and, like, grabbed me. He was like, yeah, yeah. He, like, interrupted the show. <laughs> like, he was so happy. Like, he was just, like, laughing so much. It was, yeah, it was crazy, but it was great. 
What a great show. Yeah, the best is when that happens. The worst is when you're doing a gig, let's say, um, and there's a dance floor separating you from the audience because they just stop the dancing for you to do comedy. And, <laughs> and they don't give you, like, a, a great intro. They just go, okay, um, Marina's here. <laughs> um, that's probably the worst scenario ever. Um, but my favorite venue, I actually prefer, like, the comedy clubs. Um, I like audiences who, who know they're coming to see comedy. But I prefer them before midnight. Because after midnight, something happens to people. They change. Um, they're drunk. They're, it's not good. Um, but I do, I like, I like perform, like after this, I'm going to go up to the comic strip live and I have two shows. And the stage is elevated and it seems more like you're, it's a performance. Um, and at the same time, it's intimate. So that's what I prefer. Hannibal? Uh, I like uh, a lot of spots. I like UCB. That's a, a fun place to perform. Oh, yeah, I'm there tonight. And so is Eric. Yeah. Uh, Union Hall in Brooklyn has, has a fun show. Uh, the Knitting Factory. I have a show there every Sunday. That show it's sucks. A, it's an awesome show. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, yeah, anywhere, like, like Rick, anywhere where it's a, a packed crowd that is just excited to see comedy is just... It's just fun. A club, it could be a club, it could be a theater, but anywhere where people are just excited about the show just makes it fun. So I think we have time for one more question. Is, is there any more? Are we, we, have, uh, we do, I see, a, any hands, any final parting words? There you go, up front. Yeah, I have two questions that you said there's, um, you know someone in the White House that's black. Um, and the other question is... Wait, that was a question? <laughs> what, what, what do they do there? The There's White a, House person who's black? Yes. They're the president. Oh, okay. I must the be president getting, of the United States. I'm not reading enough newspapers. Okay. And the other, the other question I had was... <laughs> he's doing bits. <laughs> he's doing his set right now. He's doing his right set. <laughs> Bring Ashton Kutcher out. Uh, do you guys have any, any uh, parting thoughts? Uh, uh, my parting thought is, uh, please tell your friends, download the movie on iTunes so that, uh, I can make more movies. I'm actually, I'm, a, I'm actually directing a new movie, but, uh, but thanks a lot for coming out. Uh, everybody download on iTunes. It's really awesome. Thank you so much to all the comedians, uh, because they took a chance on me working with me, my producer, all of my crew, everybody. Thank you so much. And a big thanks to Jacqueline Gallo for helping set all this up. And thank you, and Apple thank Store. thank you to New Video. They are distributors. You, they rock. Thank you, Victor Thanks, Renato. everybody. All right. And bye-bye. Keep it going, guys. Again, don't forget, Meet the Filmmaker podcast. You'll be able to download tonight's event for free. And while you're picking that up, complete the set and download the Awkward Comedy Show, available on iTunes. Thank you again to our guys for coming out tonight. Apple.com forward slash Soho for all your Apple Soho event needs. Thank you, guys, and have a wonderful, wonderful evening. <laughs>